Let's try that again. Good morning. It's great to see each and every one of you. It really is. And uh, just a shout out welcome to those that are watching online this morning, people in our city, our province, our nation, and even around the world that have joined in today. We honestly are so delighted that you've chosen to be a part of this worship experience. Well, last Sunday we began our December Christmas sermon series that we're calling Christmas Miracles. And last Sunday, we looked at someone named Zechariah. We looked at his wife, Elizabeth, Zech and Beth, and we talked about receiving your miracle, and we looked at some biblical principles. And if you missed it last week, you can pull it up online, watch it, listen to it, see the notes. It's all there. And God is up to something. I had a number of people come to me and tell me the miracle that they received last Sunday and what God did in their life as they came to the front and they were prayed for. Someone in our church who is involved in worship ministries, they, they were having some serious throat issues going on. And just as we were praying, God stepped in and healed them and did a great work. And we just give them praise. We give them glory for that. I think that's pretty cool. Here's kind of a real unique thing. I was at a gathering yesterday and uh, just a, a private function in the church. And one of the, the guests that were there came up to me and said, I'm brand new in your church. I'm brand new at Woodville. I've just been coming for the past few months. And he said, but I'll tell you something. I walked into your church and I felt like I am so at home. This is so much like the church where I came from. So he had my interest. I said, well, where did you come from? He said, I, I moved here from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I said, wonderful. I said, what church did you go to? And he told me the name of the church, Christian Life Center, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I said, sit down. You're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. I said, I know your pastor. I said, we went down to that church. We got the plans from that church, and we Canadianized the plans. I'll tell you why you feel at home. The building you worshipped in is the exact same building you're worshipping in here. And uh, he was like, wow, that's so cool. Isn't it neat how God just moves him to the far, cold, chosen north? We're the, ch we're the frozen, chosen people, right? And puts him here in this church, and I think that is absolutely so cool. Well, I want you to pull out your sermon notes. They are on the back of your bulletin. And for a couple of moments today, I want to talk to you about the process of your miracle. I want to talk to you about the journey that God takes us on as he moves us from our mess to our miracle, as he moves us from our dilemma to our deliverance, as he moves us from our problem to him doing something great in our life. I've discovered in my life that God is a lot more interested in my holiness than my happiness. I don't like saying that. I wish it was the other way around. But the truth is, he's more interested in my holiness than my happiness. And he's often doing a great work inside of us. But he takes us on a journey. He takes us on a process. So today, we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at a, a wonderful, incredible person in the Christmas story, Mary. And we're going to discover some biblical truths. We're going to learn some principles from God's Word. So uh, here's the big idea. I want you to write this in your notes. If, if you don't get anything else this morning, get this. Write it in your notes. God moves us through a specific process so we can make spiritual progress. I really believe that. God marches us through a process so he can do some spiritual progress in our life. He's doing something in us and through us. He's working on us. And, and he walks us through this process so he can bring some spiritual progress in our lives. 
I, I was sharing with someone this week, and I, I was reflecting back when, when, when we were pastoring in, in, in Bowmanville, and Evelyn walked her first journey of cancer, and, and, and there's a guy that came up and gave me this real unique prophetic word. And it was kind of like, Mark, I feel God telling me, you're like an oak tree, and the roots are deep, but they're going to get deeper. He said, the wind is going to blow, but, but, but the tree will not come down. And I, and I hid that word in my heart. And then we walked through what we walked through. And I'll tell you this much. When we walked through what we walked through, God did more than we saw. And he started to just bring us in a deeper, closer walk with each other and a, and a deeper, closer walk with him. See, God walks us through a process to bring some spiritual progress. That's what I want you to get this morning. So let's come right to our text. We're going to look at five things this morning. Number one, write this in your notes, the facts, the facts of Mary's life. I want to just take you through just a couple of verses, verse 26, verse 27, and we're going to look at the facts of Mary's life. So let's get right to it. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So here's Elizabeth. She's pregnant now for like six months. Remember, Gabriel, the angel, goes to Zechariah and tells him that his wife is going to conceive. And she's now conceived, and she's in the sixth month of her pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel. God sends Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now, it's interesting. It says a town in, in Galilee. You and I need to know it's a town in Galilee. But, but to the people in those days, they also needed to know it was a town in Galilee because it was so small and so insignificant. Have you ever had someone mention a town in Ontario and you're like, I've never heard of that place in my life. Where is it? And even when they described you where it is, you're like, I'm still lost. I have no clue what you're talking about. Nazareth was just one of those small places. So the Bible says, God sends angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. It was an obscure little village, an obscure little town. But, but note this, even more important than its obscurity, it was known for its corruption. It was known for its immorality. It was like you're living on the other side of the tracks. It was the bad place to live. It wasn't the good place to live. In fact, Nathaniel in John chapter 1 verse 46 sums it up and says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? I mean, it was not the great place to be from. And it's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy and God sends an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, the town in Galilee. Let's look at verse 27. Not just to Nazareth, but to a, a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Twice in that verse, it mentions the word virgin. Now, the Greek word for virgin simply means a young woman who's eligible to be married. And in that culture, I shared this with you last week. I know it shakes you up when I share it. Often in those days, they married, young girls married, age 12, 13, 14, at the most up to 16. I know that. That just shakes me up. I would never want to see that in our culture today. But back then, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 max. She's probably like 12 to 14 years of age. She's a young woman, and she had not been intimately involved with anyone. And she's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, there's three stages of marriages in those days. Number one, this is the big one. The marriage was arranged 
by the parents. How many parents would like to go back to that methodology? I, I'm all in. Let's, let's, we'll, de- we'll decide who our kids are going to marry. And they, they arranged it. The parents arranged it. And then the next stage was that betrothal period, that pledged period. It lasted up to a year. I mean, it's like you're married, but you're not married. You're, you're married in the sense that if you broke off the engagement, it was like divorce. I mean, you can't hand the ring back when you're betrothed. It'd be like divorce. But they were not intimately involved. And after the year was up, I mean, the great big celebration happened and the marriage took place. And here's, here's Mary. She's a young virgin. And she's pledged to be married to this man named Joseph. And she's probably excited about the wedding. I'm going to get married. We're going to have this nice little house. We're going to live happily thereafter. And God sends angel Gabriel and steps in. And everything is about to change. I want to make a statement today to everyone in this place that God is working right now in your situation. You may not realize, but right this very moment, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, God is working right now, right this very moment in your situation. God is up to something right where you are at, right what's going on in your life. God is working behind the scenes. God is never on holidays. Come on, isn't that good news? He's always working. He's always on your behalf. He's up to something right now in your situation. So let's go to number two. Number two, the fear in Mary's heart. Let's look at verse 28, 29, and 30. And let's camp for a couple of moments at the the fear in Mary's heart. So look at verse 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings. Well, we're okay with that. That's the easy word. You who are highly favored. Man, those are strong words. And favor means the grace of God is on you. And here's Mary. She's this young virgin. I mean, she's, she's in a poor family. And she's in Nazareth. And, and, she's, and she, she's engaged, betrothed to be married to Joseph. And angel Gabriel shows up and says, you're, you're highly favored. And then angel Gabriel said, the Lord is with you. Now, I read that this week, and I thought the Lord say something to me that I felt he wanted me to say to you, that because the Lord is with you, you are highly favored. Amen. God is with you this very, whatever you're walking through, he's with you. Whatever you're facing, he's with you. When it doesn't make sense, he's with you. No matter what you're walking through right now, God has not AWOLed on you. God is with you, and the favor of God is upon you. The favor of the Lord is upon you. But Gabriel said, greetings, you who are highly favored, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Look at verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, greatly troubled. And, and the Greek word for troubled means she was agitated, she was confused, she was baffled, she was perplexed at his words. And she actually wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Like, come on, why are you coming to me? Why are you telling me this? Why are you coming to me and saying that I am greatly favored? In verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And I read those verses this week, and it dawned on me that before God does something big in your life, and then when God starts to do something big in your life, and when everything begins to change, fear often steps in to our life 
when we are being stretched out of our comfort zone. And that's the reason why Angel Gabriel said, don't be afraid, Mary. You've found, you found favor with God. The Lord is with you. And fear will cripple you from stepping into the plans that God has for you. Now get this. The plans that God has for you are bigger and better than you can ever imagine. And fear can hold you back. I was thinking this past week, our, our son, he's, he turned 31 this week. And I, I remember the day that he was born, December the 12th, 1988. Now, now, here's how I'm wired. I live by calendars. I live by schedules. And I wrote in my calendar he was going to be born December the 19th because that's what the doctor said. And so we planned this huge outreach in our church. We're in Godrich north of London. We're on Lake Huron area. And I had this dream to start this, this outdoor outreach at Christmas called Bethlehem Live. And so we got the props. We built an outdoor Bethlehem scene. I, I got the actors. I, I got it all. To, I even got the animals. I mean, we're in a farming community. I had a real donkey. I'm telling you, a real, the donkey I had got sick, and I had to find a substitute donkey. It all worked out. And I had sheep. And I'm telling you, the first year we did it, I tell you, we had a lot of hiccups coming, up, coming our way. First of all, all the sheep showed up, and the farmers are putting the sheep in the sheep pen, and the gate went down, and now the sheep are running through the town. And, I, and I'm a city boy. I remember I'm running like a football player, and I jumped on one of those sheep, and I'm holding on to that sheep, and its legs are going everywhere, but that sheep was not going to get away. And then a windstorm came and blew all the props down. And then in the middle of it all, our son is born one week early in the middle of the biggest outreach I've ever done in my life. But how many people know God doesn't make any mistakes? Amen. He knows exactly what, and it was like chaos, but great things happened. We had so, we did it for night after night after night. All these outdoor presentations, the community showed up, the gospel of Jesus was presented. But I'll tell you, church, when chaos happens, fear begins to step in. And I I just feel the Lord wants me to say to everyone in this place, do not be afraid. Whatever you are walking through today, do not be afraid. Fear not. The Lord is with you. Let me take you to number three, the fascination in Mary's mind. Number three, the fascination in Mary's mind. I want to read to you verse 31 down to verse 34. And angel Gabriel began to share very specifically with Mary what was going to happen. Look at verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. Everybody say the name Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. It comes from the ancient Hebrew word Yeshua. And Yeshua means deliverer. And everybody in that day knew the messianic prophecies about the Messiah coming. And and many would call their child Jesus. It was a common name because many were hoping that their son would be the Jesus, the Messiah that would come. But, But here's young virgin Mary, pledged to be married. Gabriel shows up, don't fear. You will conceive, give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. And he will be great. Now, I studied the ancient Greek word for great, and it means extraordinary. Can I, can I just push pause? How many people are glad that our Lord Jesus 
is extraordinary. Come on, how many people are glad that our Lord Jesus is extraordinary? He will be extraordinary, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And and, and the Greek word, the ancient word that comes from the ancient Hebrew word, Most High, El Elyon, which simply means the Supreme One, the one that is higher than any other, the one that is greater than any other. Can we just push pause? How many people are glad that our Jesus is higher than anyone and greater and mightier than anyone? Anybody glad that our Jesus is higher and greater and mightier? He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. So he's tracing back the roots. He's going to receive the throne of his father David. Look at verse 33. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. I mean, this is a lot for Mary to digest. I mean, she's, I don't know where she was when she got this word. Maybe it was the afternoon. Maybe she's outdoors getting the water to bring. I don't know what she's doing, getting water, bringing in. I don't know, but angels showed up and just shares these profound, powerful words with her. Now look at verse 34. She says, how will this be? Now, I want to push pause, and I want to say to you that her response is a lot different than Zechariah's response. She's not doubting. She's not questioning. She's not saying, this can't happen. She's just asking, okay, I know this can happen, but how will this happen? Now, now, why would she ask, how will this happen? Because here's the answer. Mary asked the angel, look at, look at the screen, verse 34, how will this happen since I am a virgin? It's like Mary is saying to angel Gabriel, I'm a virgin. I'm pledged to be married to Joseph. And we don't plan on being intimate until the wedding day. So if I'm going to conceive and, I'm gonna, and this, this Messiah is going to be birthed in my womb, I just want to know, how, how are you going to pull this off? Have you ever asked God for something and then wondered, how is he going to make it happen? Now, I'll tell you from my experience, how he makes it happen is often way different than I thought he would make it happen. Am I right? You got your idea of how God will pull it off, and God does it in a way that's often different than you thought. So Mary, she's not doubting. She's asking an honest question. Okay, how, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin, I mean, I'm, and I'm not, this isn't going to change. We're waiting until we're married. How will this be? So I want to take you to number four. I want to take you to the faith, the faith of Mary's will. Number four, the faith of Mary's will. And I want to camp on verse 35, down to verse 38. These are the key verses of our text this morning. The faith of Mary's will. The angel in verse 35 answered, I love this. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The Holy Spirit will come and rest on you. And the power, the Greek word here is dunamis, of the Most High, the El Elyon, the Most High, will overshadow you. Now, I started to study that word overshadow, and it means two things. Number one, to tower above and to shadow over. It'd be like, it'd be like 
somebody who's really large looking down on someone who's really small and the light coming on them and and they're towering over the person and the shadow rests over the person. That's that's exactly what is being used here. And and then my mind went back to Psalm 91. And when Evelyn was walking through cancer, we were claiming Psalm 91. I mean, we we were speaking Psalm 91. He who abides, come on, he who abides and rests in the shelter of the Almighty shall abide in the shadow of Him. And, and it's, it's, it's the shadow, shadows can be creepy, but shadows can also be comforting. A creepy shadow is, is one that freaks us out, but a comforting shadow is one that comforts us. And this is the comfort of Holy Spirit that rests on you. And the angel is saying to Mary, Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and the dunamis of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Mary, this is going to be a supernatural miracle. How many people know when the Spirit moves, miracles happen? Come on, how many people know when the Spirit moves, miracles happen? Do you believe that today? When the Spirit moves. I mean, what happened to Mary had never happened before. This this is a divine, supernatural miracle of God. The Holy Spirit. Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, so here it is. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary, this is going to happen because Holy Spirit's going to come upon you in His power. And Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And the Holy One to be born is going to be called the Son of God. And then verse 36 and verse 37, we looked at these verses last week, but let me read it. Angel Gabriel says to Mary in verse 36, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. King James Version, for nothing is impossible with God i got to ask you again, like I asked you last week, how many people know nothing is impossible with God? Come on, how many people know nothing is impossible with God? So what is your dilemma? It's not impossible with God. What is your disease? It's not impossible for God to heal you. What is your mountain? It's not impossible for God to move. What is your chaos? It is not impossible for God to step in. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. God can do the supernatural. And so I want to take you now to verse 38. This is a powerful verse. And Mary responded to Gabriel. Gabriel did most of the talking. But now Mary responds, and she says two things. She says, number one, I am the Lord's servant. Now, the Greek word for servant is douloi. And douloi is an interesting Greek word. It doesn't mean slave. It means servant. And it actually means a bond servant. It actually means a servant who willingly becomes a servant. And in that culture, there were people that willingly chose to be a servant to someone. They were a douloi. They were a bond servant. Now, here's the deal. A bond servant would come to someone and say, I I, I want to just come and serve you. And, and the person in the home would treat that 
douloi like one of their children and would give that douloi privileges and responsibilities and, and give them blessing because that person said, I willingly want to serve you. Can I come and be part of your family? But they would willingly serve the one that they were under. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Don't miss it. She's 12, 13, 14. And she's betrothed to be married to Joseph. And Gabriel says, the power of the Most High is going to come upon you. You're going to conceive, and you're going to give birth to the Holy One. He's the Son of God. And Mary's like, okay, I'm in. But this is a lot bigger than I ever thought. Come on, how many people know this was a lot bigger than you could ever... You're you're telling me that in my womb, I'm going to be carrying the Son of God? All right, I am the Lord's servant. And I want to invite everyone in this room, main level balcony, everyone that's watching on live streaming to fully surrender to God, fully surrender your life, fully surrender everything in your life. God, I'm yours. I fully, I give all to you, Lord. I give everything to you. I tell you, church, when you release everything to God, God begins to move. When you say, God, I release what I'm walking through, God begins to move. Now, here's the problem. We can very easily be control freaks. We could really want to manage our life and solve all our problems. And God is saying, surrender it to God. Give it totally over to the Lord. If I were you today, I'd say, God, I release this all to you. You work it out. Uh, you're, you're the potter. I'm the clay. I give everything over to you. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I fully surrender to you. That's what she was saying. I am the Lord's servant. Now, now put it back on the screen, verse 38. She said one more thing. She said, may your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, the first thing she said is, I surrender all. I'm willing. And secondly, she said, I am obedient. I thought of the young child in his house that mom and dad said, sit down. And he said, I'm not sitting down. Sit down, young man. I am not. He actually said to his parents, I'm not sitting down. So mom and dad one more time said, I'm telling you, sit down. So he sat down. And then he said to his mom and dad, I might be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. You know, sometimes we're like that with God. I'll do it, but I'm not happy. I'll go, but I don't want to go. But God is looking for us to fully surrender and totally be obedient. You know what I've learned in my life? Get out of the driver's seat and let Jesus take the wheel and let him lead and direct my life and let him order my steps. I get up in the morning and say, Spirit of the living God, you lead me through my day. And I'll tell you, church, when you're walking in the Spirit and letting God lead you, it is an exciting adventure. And so I'm calling you to go on a God adventure and watch what God does. Amen. Watch what God does. It's amazing. And so I want you to see, she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The last thing I want to zero on very quickly, the focus of Mary's words. And I want to quickly read to you verse 46 down to verse 56. And I, I want us to see 
what Mary said after, after this encounter with Gabriel. And she, many people believe she sung these words. And she, she gave this amazing declaration. Let's look at verse 46. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. So let me show you two things. Number one, the word glorify means to magnify. The word glorify means to exalt. The word glorify means to magnify. It means to exalt. The second thing I want to show you is is soul. Soul. If I understand our soul, I've got a body, I have a soul, I have a spirit, my body is the outward part of me. My soul, I believe, is my emotions, my intellect, and my will. I don't know about you, but sometimes my emotions can lead me astray. I mean, let's be honest. Yesterday was a miserable, wet day. Can you be honest this morning? Would it have been easier to stay under the sheets yesterday morning and not get out of bed on a rainy Saturday? Yes! I mean, it was, it was just a nasty day. It was miserable. I mean, some of you this morning like, Mark, it took everything I got to get to church. I didn't want to get to church, but I'm glad I'm in church, but I didn't feel like coming to church. Did you know that preachers sometimes don't feel like going to church? Did you know that? I mean, how many people know if you live your life by your emotions and your feelings, it's not going to be good? What did Mary say? My soul glorifies the Lord. My emotions, my intellect, my will, glorify means to magnify. And here's, here's something I've learned in my life. Don't focus on how big your problem is. Zero in on how big your God is. Exalt God. Lift up his name. He's greater. He's bigger. He's mightier. My soul glorifies the Lord. Look at verse 47. And my spirit, I mean my spirit, is my God conscious. The, the, the place where Holy Spirit resides. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Now, I love that word, rejoice. Whether you study it in the Greek or you study it in the Hebrew, it means the exact same thing. Rejoice means to celebrate. How many people know when we come to church, we need to have a party and celebrate our Lord? Come on, how many people know we need to have a party and celebrate our Lord? He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. And so Mary, Mary, my soul, my emotions magnify the Lord. He's bigger. And my spirit celebrates in God my Savior. Look at verse 40. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I, I wish I had the time to really zero in on 40. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. It's like Mary was saying, the eyes of the Lord are on me. He, he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Look at verse 49. For the mighty one has done great things for me. I I just want to push pause. How how many people this morning know that God has done great things for you? Anybody this morning willing to admit God? Come on, anybody willing to admit God has done great things for you? Come on, you can do better than that. How How many people this morning know God has done great things? great things. How easy we forget. I mean, I mean, I mean, here she is. Here she is saying the mighty one 
has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Look at verse 50. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Verse 51. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Verse 52. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. I mean, there's a lot there. It's, it's, it's all about God loves seeing humility and not pride. And then you come down to verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. I mean, God is all about meeting the needs of the desperate. And then you come to verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. 55, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And there's a lot there, but it's the last verse that I want to leave you with today that, to be honest, we read quickly. And we miss an amazing truth that I want to leave you with today. Look at verse 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. And then she returned home. So when did Mary show up to Elizabeth's house? Elizabeth was six months pregnant. And for the final three months, Elizabeth and Mary stayed with each other. I've read that so many times. And my first thought, to be honest, was they hung out together because they're relatives. And then I felt the Lord show me something that I just wanted to share with you today. And I felt the Lord just gave me another reason why Mary stayed with Elizabeth is because Elizabeth was a woman of faith. And Mary was walking through something that was brand new to her. Here is Elizabeth, a woman of faith, a woman who was seasoned in years, a a lady who was older than her, a a lady who had walked through something where she was unable to conceive, and and yet she's now conceived with John the Baptist. And here's Mary walking through her new journey. She's carrying in her womb the Son of God. And I, I think one of the reasons why Mary hung around with Elizabeth is because Elizabeth was a woman of faith. Now, let me just put it in plain words, and I'm going to ask you a question. I think I know the answer. How many of you people love hanging out with grumpy, miserable, complaining, negative people? Anybody? Anybody like that? I didn't think a hand would go up. How many people like to hang around with people who are uplifting and encouraging and bring joy? I do. I do. But I'll tell you something that's even deeper than that. When you're walking through something, Evelyn and I, when we walk through what we walk through, we wanted to rub shoulders with people of faith. People who believed. People who would agree in prayer for the miracle. People that would lift up our faith. People that would pull us up and not drag us down. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord call me to call this place to be a house of faith. That people would walk in with their desperate need and we would be a church that says, we will agree with you for your miracle. I think that's the reason why Mary stayed with Elizabeth for these latter three months is because she needed to be with somebody of faith. Somebody that would lift her up. Somebody 
that would help her through this new chaos, somebody that would help her through this thing that she was walking that's bigger than her. I mean, here she is, a humble little peasant girl, Nazareth, carrying the Son of God, and she's just a young girl. It's almost like she's like, man, this is bigger than me. This is by far more bigger than me. And she's hanging out with Elizabeth, who's a woman of faith. Woodville, can we be the church that is a church of faith? Come on, are you with me today? Can we be a church that is a church of faith? Come on, give a clap offering to the Lord God. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Father God, I'm asking in the name of the Lord... That as Pastor Brad leads us in the song that we sung a little while ago, I'm asking that there would be a moving of your Holy Spirit in this auditorium today. God, just like as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and the power of the Most High overshadowed her and she conceived the very Son of God. I ask, O oh God, that everyone in this auditorium today would move from fear to faith. Father, even as I'm saying those words, I'm feeling in my spirit that there's a number of people standing here right now that fear of their tomorrow is gripping them. And the fear of what they are walking through right now is gripping them. I pray that we would move from fear to faith. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit right now would overshadow every single person in this place and that the dunamis power of the living God would fall in this place this morning. Can I invite you just to lift your hands right now? I I just honestly believe that God wants to break in in this very moment and He wants to do something supernatural. So God, I pray as Pastor Brad begins to lead us, that the heavens would open and the Spirit of the living God would breathe in this place. So we invite you to come, Lord. We invite you to come right now in the name of the Lord. We invite you to come in and heal sick bodies in the name of the Lord. Come on, Woodville, let faith rise right now in the name of the Lord. We ask in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would just move in a mighty way right now in this place. We pray right now in the name of the Lord that there would be a divine, supernatural intervention of Almighty God in this place, this very moment. Here's what I believe the Lord wants us to do even before Brad leads us in this song. I believe just like Mary... She said, my soul 
magnifies the Lord. I, I want you to push away your emotions right now, and I want you to lift up the name of Jesus in this place. So come on, Woodville, just lift your voice. Just begin to lift your voice and lift up the name of Jesus in this place. We bless your name, Lord. We lift up your name, O oh 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 Lord. Here's what I feel the Spirit of the Lord wants us to do as Pastor Brad begins to lead us in this song. If you need a miracle this morning, I want to invite you as we sing just to leave where you're standing and come and stand at the front and lift your hands and sing to the Lord. And we're just going to believe that the windows of heaven would open over this place. Amen. So God, I pray as Pastor Brad begins to lead us in the song and as we begin to lift our voice, I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the windows of heaven would open over this place. And we pray, God, that you would do a great work. We ask you for it in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say that name, Jesus. One, two, three, Jesus. Come on, let's say it again. One, two, three, Jesus. Now I want you with all that's within you, declare his name. One, two, three, Jesus. Pastor Brad, just start to sing. If you need a miracle, if you need a miracle, can I invite you to step out and come and just stand at the front? We're going to believe that God Almighty would step in and give you your miracle this morning in the name of the Lord. If you could do this this morning all across this place, just lift your hands high to the heavens. We're going to pray for everyone that is standing at the front. You see, these people came to the front because they've got a mountain that needs to be moved. They got a dilemma that they need God to step in and do something supernatural in Woodville. I want to take you to that last verse that we looked at of Mary and Elizabeth. I don't think they just hung out because they're related. I think Mary needed to be with someone of faith. So could we could we lift the arms of these people so-called and agree for their miracle this morning? So God Almighty, we together as a church family pray for everyone that is standing at the front of this auditorium. We pray miracle in the name of Jesus. We pray healing for those that need healing. We pray deliverance for those that need deliverance. We pray breakthrough for those that need breakthrough. We pray finances for those that need finances. We pray restoration in a relationship for those that need a restoration in a relationship. We pray God that you you would bring victory in the name of the Lord. We pray in the name of the Lord that this house would be a house of miracles. God, just like, just like, just like the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, just like the power from the Most High overshadowed her, we pray, we pray that the dunamis power of God Almighty would overshadow in this place today. In the name of the Lord, we pray. So, God, we pray blind eyes be opened in the name of Jesus. We pray sick bodies be healed in the name of Jesus. We pray captives be set free in the name of Jesus. We pray breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of the Lord that you would move us from our mess to our miracle. We pray in the name of the Lord that you would move us from fear to faith in the name of Jesus, we pray. So, God Almighty... 
we just give you glory. Well, my soul magnifies the Lord. Come on, Woodville, before we go. My soul magnifies the Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and celebrate, celebrate, celebrate our Lord God. So God, I I thank you. I thank you for what you have and what you're doing in this place. And I pray, God, as we walk out in just a moment, that this song, that I believe your spirit has led Pastor Brad to lead us in, would be an, an anthem song for this house in the name of the Lord. I pray that there would be a move of Almighty God in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that we would walk out this morning encouraged. I thank you, God, for every guest. I thank you, Lord, for everyone here today. And we just pray that you would bless each one with their Christmas miracle. So we give you glory and honor and praise. In the name of Jesus, let's together shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You feel free to stay at this altar if you'd like. Pastor, keep leading in the song. Let it be the anthem as we leave today. If you're our guest, make sure you drop by the guest lounge. We want to bless you today.